Poison Ivy. Freeze! No! You freeze! Mr. Freeze! Penguin, Crazy Quilt, Eraser, Polka Dot Man, Mine, Tarantula, King Cut, Orca, Killer Moth, Mortarian, Zodiac Master, Gentleman Ghost, Clock King, Calendar Man, Kite Man, Cat Man, Zebra Man, and the Condiment King. Okay, are you making some of those up? Nope, they're all real. Probably worth the Google. Hello, and welcome to episode 65 of Q&A Quest. I'm your host, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always... Applying for AARP membership, David McBurney, Fanboy Master. Well, that makes me feel old because I'm older than you. By also, a deal. I was making a I was making a joke about episode sixty-five. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, that, that's what we were missing from last week's episode: references to old Beatles songs. Ah, oh, damn! I could have also done that. Yes. So anyway, your man in Japan, Michael Baker, Gaijin Minogatari here with. Tissue paper stuffed up my nose because I have a leak somewhere up there. Oh, fun. Yep, yep. You have nasal issues as well because I feel like my sinuses are turning against me. Oh, I always feel like my sinuses are turning against me. It's just that it's usually <laughs> because of air pressure changes causing migraines that make it feel like my sinuses are trying to secede from the rest of my skull. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. your nose, man. You don't need it. It's holding your back. <laughs> yeah, but they don't allow partial trepanation with power tools to relieve the pressure. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it's probably a good thing. <laughs> Though now I'm reminded of a radio show back in New Orleans when I was in college where they actually called local hardware stores asking for advice on drills and their use of for trepanning. <laughs> I've actually got some people that, um, we're not sure if the, the hardware store guys were playing along or not, but there was some interesting conversations. <laughs> a lot of con- it's much more concerning if they weren't playing along. Yeah. Either that or they didn't realize what the word meant. Yeah. I believe that as well. Uh, so we have an actual backlog of questions now because we have uh, some pretty sizable questions still from left over from last episode, and uh, a bunch of people did reply to episode sixty-four. Well, you still need, and me. still well, no one has asked me. about the Commodore sixty-four. I don't think so. Unless I'm they're waiting until they're waiting until episode hundred twenty-eight for to ask questions about the Commodore one twenty-eight. <sighs> guess, or maybe we'll get some random weird Amiga questions. I don't think enough of our listenership is European for that. I had an Amiga. You don't have to be European to have had an Amiga. You are statistically much less likely to have an Amiga (laughs) if you're not European. Your face is... I got nothing. (laughs) I mean, my face is also statistically (laughs) unlikely, and that's probably for the best. Uh, so more importantly, the Alliance Live demo is out now, and everyone should have downloaded it, right? I, did, I downloaded it, but I have not played it yet, because I'm trying to discipline myself and play finish Radiant Historia before I worry about Alliance Live. Mm. I have well, no... I didn't download it because, hey, I bought it last summer. You've already beaten it. It's <laughs> 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 not, not fair. Okay, everyone who isn't playing it in the original Japanese should have downloaded it. Yeah, well, I have played the Japanese demo, but yeah, 
Please fine. just jump into a fire. Well, that would hurt. And? Touche. Well, uh, I guess the also Yaka, the Yakuza 6 demo was out, and whoops, uh, it was the full game or something? Yeah, it turns out that event flagging uh, something to not let you play the rest of the game means that people will... That you know, that's pretty common for demo, but it also means there's a decent enough chance that someone will find a way to get around the event flag and just play the rest of the game. So, uh, I, and I some people remember, did. I do remember playing a demo at TGS one year where, since I was the only person at that booth that morning, it was kind of slow as a Thursday morning, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, the Sega staff just didn't bother to tell me my time was up, so I just kept playing all the way through to the end of the first chapter of that game and into the second one. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the same demo. <laughs> uh, no, this was Maple Story, uh, Daughter of Fate. Ah, uh, okay. So, which is the reason why I, after that TGS, I went and tracked down the DS game and got that because it was awesome. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that Yakuza Six demo is back yet. Has not. Not rejoin this world. Kill uh, surprise. Uh, and on a related note, I believe Yakuza Fist of the North Star comes out uh, in Japan very shortly. Yeah. Any word if that's coming to America? Because that would be a very interesting experience. They have. They put out a survey last late last year, where they essentially asked, what Yakuza products would you be interested in us localizing? And the options for what you could choose were Kiwami 2, uh, the mobile game, the new one that stars the new protagonist that they've just shown the protagonist and nothing more, and uh, a Fist of the North Star game feature made by the Yakuza team. So they've certainly considered the concept. Well, it's not just a Fist of the North Star game, it is explicitly yeah, crossed. I mean, they take the two titles of the two series and they literally overlap them on the logo. Hokutoga Gotoku. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things where, like, that was how they described it to make it more, uh, to make it clear what they were talking about, but yeah. Uh, hopefully that comes over here. It, it looks fun. I like Fist of the North Star, I like Yakuza. This is going to be there. It's a very strange and interesting experience, I'm sure. I've, can just, use... I've, seen the, I've seen the videos in the store, and it's just really interesting. But... You, can, you can use Kenshiro's knowledge of pressure points to massage people. It's important. Yes. You can go out into the desert and find, like, Master System Fist of the North Star games. What? <laughs> yeah. Finally, the true legend of the end of century savior. Well, I don't know anything about Fist of the North Star, but it does. This game does sound pretty neat. It's well, Fist of the North Star is like imagine the most kung fu post-apocalyptic scenario you could ever imagine with like Mad Max meets Wuxia kung fu. And sounds pretty Fist rad. <laughs> It's it's amusing to think about like it's it's was clearly a super influential series, but it's also amusing to think about it in the context of like 
pre-Dragon Ball, a shonen hero didn't actually get stronger. They just were always the best. So it's just like Kenshiro is never credibly threatened, basically, at any point in Fist of the North Star. Hmm. Yep. Well, I'll have to put it on my to-watch list right after One Piece. Uh, One Piece is some <laughs> nine hundred. It's some nine hundred chapters and probably at least five hundred episodes at this stage. Uh, Fist of North Star. It'll be shorter. Fist of North Star is by no means short, but it is significantly shorter. Again, there's the, therein lies part of the beauty of the English language, where it does not have to be good to be better than something. Yeah. Oh man, I think uh, I remember watching all of Fist of the North Star, and it would probably be a much brisker read as a manga, but like the filler is so insane, and it's like, oh, here's a bunch of dudes being fired out of cannons into like hot air balloons. What? It's a really... It gets weird. There's a lot of ways to digest the Fist of the North Star story, because like, there's one iconic part of it, and it's Kenshiro uh, up to the point where he's fighting his like adoptive brother Rao, but like... There's, like, five different ways to consume that story, because there's, like, three different to- movies that have told that story. There's the anime, there's the manga, there's... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Basically, it's one of the definitive Japanese series. And, and it, it is... Yeah. It cast a long cultural shadow. And it, it makes perfect sense to cross it over with the Yakuza series. And, like, when they first showed Kenshiro's voice actor... Like, like the way they announced it was just, like... Guy, guy tries to attack Kenshiro and... Uh, not Kenshiro. Uh, Kiryu in Kamurocho. And instead of, like, dodging them or punching them, Kiryu just pokes them in the forehead and does the iconic Omae wa mo shindeiru. And, like, the first time you hear his voice actor do it, he's like, oh, he actually is a really good I, really good choice for Ken. That's good. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Fist of the North Star is possibly one of the most hyper-masculine displays of testosterone ever to be shown in manga or anime format. Yeah. <laughs> Which means it is, it is a perfect fit for the Yakuza style. But it's also super, like, they, they've also injected Yakuza's capacity to be super silly, which is a thing that, like, Fist of the North Star, whether it was willing to admit it or not, also was. Yes. So. It was, uh, it was that kind of very deadpan silly where you can tell that the characters are taking themselves absolutely seriously to the, a point where it just becomes absurd. Yeah. Like, the entire joke wouldn't work if at any point any character implied what they were doing is silly, but, like, it becomes amazingly funny at points just because yeah. it's like, oh, no, no, this is very serious. Yep. So, yes, basically, it would not jive at all with the modern or postmodern American wink-wink-nudge-nudge sort of humor. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. But, yeah, really hoping that gets localized. It looks really fun. Uh, They've gotten all of the touches right. Like, the art is spot on. The way that the... uh, Like, even when an enemy explodes, because, like, I don't think we've really mentioned that, but for anyone who doesn't know Fist of North Star, Kenshiro's like, key deal is that he pokes you in a pressure point and that causes your head to explode. Hmm. And yes. when an enemy explodes, they, they do the thing that the anime does to try to censor the gore, where they sort of fade black and then you see their silhouette explode. Like, all so, the art 
Patches are spot on. I, I seem to remember watching what might have been a Western version of the movie. Mm. Yeah, there have been dubs. No, I mean, like, admit, okay, for some reason... I'm there is a Hollywood movie. Like, yeah, a Hollywood version. And I remember that one of the characters was one of the few survivors of his attack where he had to wear this, basically this basket made of seat belts over his head to keep his skull from exploding. <laughs> yeah, that's actually uh, that's actually from the original manga. I think his name is... Uh, he's, one of, he's one of the uh, adoptive Hokuto, like, brothers. It's Rao, who's the big, the biggest and the, like, toughest Fist King. I believe his title at one point is Fist King. But, uh... You've got Toki, who's, like, basically Space Jesus. He's, uh... You he got radiation poisoning. Uh, you've got Canon. I think his name is Joggy. But, yeah. I believe Joggy is, uh, being played by Majima's voice actor, which makes sense if you know Yakuza. Crazy guy with the eye patch? Yeah. Okay, yes. I haven't actually played any of the games. I played one of the like the demo for five a long time ago, but I have seen the the theatrical release of Yakuza the movie. Yeah, yeah, That's that was hilarious. <laughs> that is a very fun, very Takashi Miike sort of movie, but very fun. Yeah, I mean Majima, uh, Majima gets his own dance routines. Yeah, with which... with the hundred with the hundred hands of canon. Um, all the guys behind them, they're da- um, like moving around in a spiral formation. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That fits. That fits the mood. That's that's very uh, Mike Michiakaza. But uh, yeah, so I, I hope that gets localized. There's like the thing is that Yakuza, not Yakuza, Fist of the North Star has a long history of being localized. Like Fist of the North Star games being localized goes back to like original Game Boy. It was one of the first things that like people actually tried to import into the West. There's like scattered chapters of it translated like floppy length comics. Uh didn't we from just, back in like nineteen eighty nine. Didn't we but just yeah, get a Muso not that long ago? A Fist we got of both North of Star? the Musos based off of Fist of the North Star and both of them are terrible. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, it was also one of the First, it was also one of the major series available back when anime started getting less um, niche in America. So it, it was one of those yeah. things that every anime fan had in his library at some point. Yeah. And it has one of my favorite, like, absolutely like awful, but also I love it, uh, bits, which is just like a dub where they're trying to like fit lip flaps and like Ken's doing his I think it's when he's fighting a guy who's referred to as, like, Mr. Hart. But, like, he's basically just giant. He's so giant that Ken can't actually penetrate his pressure points. Oh. But basically, uh, the dub decides to, like, to change his dialogue into say your goodbyes, Lardass, because you're already dead. And then screaming really loud, and it just sounds ridiculous. Please look it up. It's on YouTube. It's very amusing to me. Yeah. But yeah, so hopefully we get Hokuto Gagotoku. There's like a million things you could translate that title as. Uh, if, but you would probably just end up tra- like neither series has a direct translation of its title into English when they uh, translated it. So I mean, Fist of the North Star is more or less what Hokuto no Ken means. Yeah, yeah. It's not a completely direct, but it's it's direct enough. 
Oh, and, and the reason why it's Fist of the North Star is because the main character has bullet holes in his chest in the pattern of Ursa Minor. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... With, uh, with the Polaris point in particular being very pronounced around his collarbone, I think. So. Yeah, it's... Uh... It, it shows up every episode, because every episode there's the... One of the stock footages they use to save time is like, oh, he's actually going to fight now, so he rips his shirt off. Yeah. Which is which has been faithfully recreated in this game. When you go into super mode, he rips his shirt off. Nice. Yep. So yeah, uh, pretty much every single cliche and trope you could ever find for fighting manga, especially the more over to the top, the better, it probably originated with this series. Yeah. If it didn't, it probably came from Dragon Ball. <laughs> and either way, it probably got defined by the series somehow. Yeah. Uh. Uh. <sighs> I finally got the chance to just ramble about Yakuza and Fist of the North Star. This this podcast has fulfilled its role in my life. You're <laughs> Well, should we get to the actual questions, or should we talk about how I started playing Children of Mana? Oh, man, you have to give a status report on that. Yes. Uh, So I only got as far as the first dungeon because uh, a bunch of characters wanted to talk to me right away, which was pretty annoying. Um, uh, The story seems really dumb. But the music is very nice. (laughs) It's Kenji Ito. Ah, excellent. Yeah, the music... The music was yeah, the, really good so far. Yeah. The the story for that game is very thin on the ground. Most of the plot justifications make very little sense. And you got you get the feeling that it is somehow resting on one of the other World of Mana games for most of its actual plot. Yeah. Same. It's just like, hey, look at all these familiar uh, ele- elementals hanging around town and whatnot. But yeah, once I got to the actual gameplay, uh, I don't know, I was actually kind of having fun, just running around bashing a bunch of monsters. Just wait until the numbers of monsters get really high. Yeah. uh, We'll see how it goes. But it did make me wish that there was a mana mystery dungeon game. That is fairly similar to what it would what that is um so yeah right down to the part where it looks like it's procedurally generated even when it's not yeah i was gonna ask if it was because it seemed bland enough that it might be (laughs) it's not i mean i've um the at least the main quest lines are not procedurally generated they are set and i think a lot of the side quests are too uh Yeah, I think, to me, it feels like it would have been better off as, like, just a classic turn-based type roguelike game. And probably cheaper to make, too. But, uh, whatever, it looks like it will be at least not completely horrible. I mean, hey, it's it's better than Dawn of Mana. It's, hey, it still uses Havoc physics, or what, yeah. Does it actually use Havoc physics, or is it just some fact... I'm sorry, I'm not actually talking about the Havoc engine or whatever it's okay, called. I'm talking okay. about how you can make, you can send stuff flying all over the place uh, with the hammer. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. Now I just need to try and 
convince one of my friends to play it so I can do the multiplayer. <laughs> Which probably won't happen. But we shall see. But I also did finish Secret of Mana, the remake. Uh, and yeah, full playthrough, only one crash, which seems really. I've, I've had I've had six crashes. Oh damn! But the last one was during the Dark Lich battle. Ooh! But I I've been paying attention to the auto saves, so I did not lose an hour and a half of time. Good, good. But, <coughs> however, I got to the Mana Beast. And it would not let me hit him. He's like thirty hit, um, thirty swings, thirty misses, actually twenty nine misses, one critical hit for twenty damage. Oh yeah, the the way I ended up beating it, which I actually streamed, so I'm gonna try and cut that into a video. Uh, I had to charge up to at least level five to even hit the hit the damn thing. Uh huh. With any reliability, I think. I think five was like always a guaranteed hit, so I got into this cycle I, of like I don't, I, my charged attacks keep missing everything anyway. Really? Yeah, it was getting really annoying. Oh, uh, I I got into a loop of do a level five charge attack, like heal, and while he's doing like his far away attacks, I'd cast the two mana spells um, to recharge the sword. And then charge up, do my level five attack again, over and over and over. I think it took may have taken me like an hour, but I beat it. Yeah, that is far far longer than the original game's battle took. Yeah. I mean, what level were you on? The characters. Um, I'm not sure. Not not too high because uh, I didn't do any grinding or anything. I just kind of. Yeah. I mean, my characters were on level sixty-seven, which. Oh wow. Um, which I I mean. Like, I booted up my old copy of the Super Nintendo game last summer just for fun and played through that part of the last level again, and that was about the level I was at then. But this time, um, okay, well, the Mana Fortress wasn't too bad, but the Pure Land, oh dear lord, Pure Oh god, Land, that was brutal. They, they had to have put those gripping hands on steroids. <laughs> they hate I those mean, things. It, I mean, any I mean, <coughs> any of the screens where it starts with three of those things heading straight for you, that was... That, I mean, I did not survive several times. Um, I went back to Mandela to heal so many times that I pushed through... I mean, I, I think I went from the Matango in the scenes all the way through to the Empire scenes on the conversations. Oh, wow. Just, just trying to push through Pure Land and going back to to uh, make sure the girl can, or Prim, can just start practicing her revive spells and safety. So. I, I think I I grinded elsewhere for gold and got <coughs> at least one of the characters armored up and then um, went back to the Pride Lands, figured out what element those stupid griffin hands were weak to and just no. like, would go in and spam those spells and then Get uh, out and rinse and repeat. <laughs> over the course of that level, the um, Papoy's spell levels, I think I gained three or four for Gnome, two for Jin, and a couple for Shade. Oh, wow. While Prim 
leveled up at least twice for Undyne and once or twice for a Dryad and at least once for Luna because I kept um, casting Moonsaber on everything um, so I could try and get back some hit points. Oh, those damn things. Yeah. So I really think they did tweak um, some parts of the monster stats and battle system towards the Yeah. I mean, those those miss rates are way too high. Yeah, I was trying to remember, in the original game, when you missed something, did it actually, like, did the, the word miss pop up, or did it just, like, make a noise if, and... If the, it was an actual miss, yeah. Okay, then, yeah, they, the, the miss rates were definitely not that bad in the original game. Also, I'm trying to figure out why uh, Springbeak and Axebeak could not be physically damaged. It's uh, a good question. It would, not even, it would not even give me a miss whenever I hit one of them. It was just nothing happened. Hmm. So, I mean, it, there might have been a noise or something for like can't not be damaged. But first, I think that was actually uh, Final Fantasy Adventure that did that. And second, I didn't have my music on because I was playing this while standing in line at the tax office yesterday. <laughs> so a, a three-hour wait to get through the tax system is more than enough time to finally push through Peerland, apparently. So anyway, between that and the fact that my issues with the controller nub of my Vita have only gotten worse, uh, this is one... Yeah. It used to only be going to the right sometimes, and now it started going up and right. Oh, that's so Ooh, good, boy. Yes. And again, for any other game I've played, it's not been that much of an issue, but we're talking about the one game where it really is an issue for any sort of menu. Uh, good old rings. <laughs> this has been Mana Watch. All right. Now shall we move on to the actual questions, maybe? Sure. Yeah. Only if we have to. Now that I've navigated away from the page for some reason. Just not particularly smart of me. All right. So we had a number of questions from Low Whoops last week that we did not get to because um, they were pretty in-depth. Yeah, we decided we simply did not have enough time. Yes. So we will get to those right now. And <coughs> let's see. The first one is, wh why wasn't there a Toys to Life chess game that you can play online? Doesn't that seem like a missed opportunity? I feel like the addition of RFID chips to a... Or not RFID. NFC chips to a chess set causes a lot of expense for something that you already could do with a uh, smartly coded game of chess master. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can get battle chess on vaporware sites nowadays. And the remake version on Steam and GOG. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make much sense. Cute idea, but doesn't make much sense. In conclusion, Amiibo chess, uh, you will turn your switch on its side. It'll be uh, a nightmare. Right. Well, how big? Are, I mean, could you actually fit all? How many amiibos onto 
That's not anywhere near that many, but if you if you sold special small amiibos for it, then you're pay- then you got some. It sounds more like something that they would have made during the uh, during the interactive card phase of Japanese game centers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sequel to the e-reader. Yeah. Where you just literally just put the card down on the screen and it reads it and summons up whatever. Finally, Yu-Gi-Oh has become real. That was that was my comment from 2007 or 2008. It's like this is practically Yu-Gi-Oh, but for a few generations of development. Yeah, yeah. Give it time. At that point, Yu-Gi-Oh will probably be on something much more insane. You know, people will have something to try to catch up to. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know that there's a better explanation. Probably Cute not. idea, too expensive. <laughs> yeah. Probably, I mean, the market of people who could actually afford it is not large enough to justify the R&D. The people who can afford it will actually just buy human chess pieces. <laughs> it's true. Like it... Like a nice little chess set is pretty cheap, and you know, uh, playing online with other people in chess um, could find much, much cheaper alternatives. So, yeah. I mean, if you if you really are determined to play chess, you like people that are determined to find people to play chess with who don't live near people who play chess were doing that when they were playing it by mail. Yeah. Sounds like the most infuriating thing in the world. I'm sorry. Tangent. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Next question. Who is best best girl? I'm not qualified to answer this. <laughs> can we can we narrow down the parameters any? I I think this was deliberately designed to be on narrow. <laughs> That's a terrible word. I apologize for using that. I think this was designed to be as broad as possible, which means that I'm incapable of answering it. Which yeah. also res- includes its corollary, which is the follow-up question. Well, what what could possibly be confusing about this question? It's very clear. No, I know precisely what he's asking. I'm saying I can't answer it. <laughs> can't or won't, sir? Is there a material difference? The point is that you you have exactly as many answers either way. I don't know. I don't know why I'm accusing you all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't see you offering an answer, Wheels. Uh, uh, Terra from Final Fantasy VI? Boring. Oh, oh well, f- <laughs> well, then you come up with a better answer, sir. No, oh, let's, let's go with recent and just say Prim from Secret of Mana. She is pretty funny in the remake. Yeah, I don't know Secret of Mana, so I don't have a capacity to argue against it. Damn. Yep. I mean, she's got a nice character design. She, I mean, my sister loved to play her when we were little because she had a ponytail. Um, she is wonderfully devoted to her boyfriend, who is not the main character of the game, which is a nice switch. Um, and she comes with brass knuckles. As a base equipment, that's powerful. And, and knows and knows how to use them. And you first meet her, but when she pulls the hero out of a stew pot that the goblins have stuck him in. Uh, uh excuse me. Uh, I will be back in a little while. Sure. 
So yeah, I'm just going to go with the most recent game I played and say Prim. I'm yeah. cool with that. Uh, I'm trying to think of an actual answer now instead of just going by my default default one. Yeah, because I mean, if you're doing Terra, she's I mean, none of the characters in Final Fantasy VI were really deep. Yeah. Again, I mean, that, that was one of the dangers of having a large ensemble cast in that time period. And if you're if we're going to pick a girl from that game, I would have said Celeste, because she's got a lot more character than Terra does, and isn't as wishy washy. Yeah. could see that argument. Or she doesn't have green hair, so if that's your thing. Uh, green hair is pretty red. Trying to think of other options. Um, hmm. uh, I know. I mean, you can pick the female or co-protagonist of almost any game you care to choose. I mean, Ellie. There's some pretty cool girls in um, Legend of Legacy, but uh, all their names escape me. And again, very little character in that game. Yep. It's a very yep. process-driven story. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to stick with Terra because that's all I got right now. <laughs> um, so we'll go to the next one, which is who is best, best guy. Huh. Best, best guy. Uh, oh. I would say Kazama Kiryu from Yakuza just because he's all, he's one of the most manly male <laughs> characters I have ever seen in a, an RPG. Uh, he certainly is. Uh, I'm going to stick to my Final Fantasy VI guns and go with Sabin. Oh, he's a good choice, too. Yeah. The master of suplexes. The muscle head. Yeah, I mean, who who else in RPGs can uh, suplex a train? True. While it's in motion, no less. Yes. And also, the, the train he suplexes is the train of the dead. So there's that yep. as well. <laughs> yep. I mean... You could go with Aron from Final Fantasy X. That's always a good one. Of course, but the question said best boy, right? Uh, it said guy. Okay, guy. Okay. Then, look at Aron works. Now, Aron is always a good one. In fact, that was what I used as a screen name online for quite a while. What's the next question? What's that? What's the next incredibly open question? What enemy is the most unpopular in popular games? There's got to be some real turds out there. See more in Final Fantasy X? <laughs> I was thinking the Pooh Snake from Blue Dragon. 
<laughs> poo snake. <laughs> the damn poo snake. And, and all possible meanings of the word, but you know what? Uh, for the ones that everyone loves to hate, I'm going to have to go with Metal Slime from Dragon Quest. Yeah. Very well known. It is very no, uh, known very well to be incredibly frustrating. And if you ever watch the Dragon Quest anime, uh, Legend of Abel, from the, the mid-80s, they actually have an episode where the B-plot for the episode is the hero's best friend chasing a Metal Slime through a marketplace and not, <laughs> not landing a single hit on it. Oh my god. Yeah. So yeah. Metal slime. Yeah. Metal slime. As the archetypal version of all of those really annoying to hit enemies in with a high yield in any given game. Oh let me think of something other than Seymour. He was kind of... I mean, I guess he's got some decent moments in that game, but really the... the real bad guy in that game is a giant, you know, non-talking blob thing, so I guess they needed some sort of villain who could actually talk. Yeah. Yeah, Final Fantasy X's choice of a force of nature for its actual um, antagonist presence was kind of interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, other unpopular villains. Um... But we're just talking. We're talking about enemies that we don't like. So it doesn't have enemies. Oh, you're right. It does say enemy. It doesn't say villain. That, that's why uh, I totally misread this. <coughs> Alright, let me think. Okay. Unpopular enemies. Rift hands. <laughs> the damn griffin hands! Ah! Yes. Or... Yeah. Griffin hands are the absolute worst. Uh, let's see what else. Um, been obviously been playing a lot of Monster Hunter lately, so I'm trying to think of like one of those that's unpopular. Uh... I'm not sure if you can find one that's actually unpopular because every yeah. single one with some sort of fandom. That's true. So probably not. Uh, I mean, me personally, I think that Diablos is insanely annoying and I wish it was not in any of these games. But now Who Dave, are you condemning? Now Dave is back and maybe he has a better answer since I have nothing. Uh, so we are on the question, uh, what enemy is the most unpopular in popular games? And I totally misread this somehow as villain and gave <laughs> Seymour in Final Fantasy X. But you do fight him, so I guess that technically... Seymour's an enemy. Count. I mean, he's, yeah. not a, he's not not an enemy. Yeah. Um, uh, my response would be... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead, Dave. Yeah. 
Uh, I would just say that uh, I'm just going to speak for myself and say I wish that uh, Marlboros could be banished from this earth. <laughs> Marlboros, that is a good one, yeah. yeah I my, hate them. I thought it was for Metal Slime. Oh, wow. Yeah, those things are... Controversial. Well, they run away like little annoying metal Yeah, but they're, they're like awful... They're like running pinatas. When you break them, there's so much candy inside. Yes, but we're talking about the frustration in attempting yeah. to hit them. True, true. Uh, this is, uh, like, leaving the RPG debate aside, I'm glad that uh, like-likes have been largely banished from Legend of Zelda. Yeah. I hate them. But, yeah. You know. Uh, I feel like a lot of, a lot of enemy, a lot of games don't have bestiaries that are common enough from game to game for this question to necessarily apply like the really popular ones continue to appear and the unpopular ones probably don't appear in more than one game anyway yeah, yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of I was trying to think of one from uh, Monster Hunter but uh, yeah obviously uh, Mr. Baker made the good point that they're, they're probably all popular <laughs> yeah I feel like they're kind of the stars of the show for that one yeah uh, to some extent, like anything that lived underwater seems to be unpopular, but yeah, that, oh, that, may, have been, that may have been as much the underwater yeah. control aspect as the monster itself. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's what? not that so may... much that people don't like the monster so much as they don't like what everything attached to fighting it. Hey, the water is kind of an enemy, so I'm going to list the water from Monster Hunter Three and Monster Hunter Three U. Wow. Sure. And hey, you 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 know I I can make a good argument there because the most successful uh, Monster Hunter in terms of sales to date prior to World was Monster Hunter Portable Third, which did not have any underwater underwater levels. So there. Yep. I can't actually argue. <laughs> Water is the most unpopular enemy in a popular game. There you go. I mean, well, I mean, if we're going to expand that, like, I consider sewer dungeons to be my enemy, and they're in everything. <laughs> sure. Prove me wrong. I was say, you should play Knights of Pen and Paper 2 sometime, where it has the one spot for the sewer, quote-unquote sewer dungeon, yeah. and it, the uh, part of the joke for this game is that it's a very self-aware D&D-style world, so mm-hmm. the sewer dungeon has advertisements that say, like, 30% cleaner, 50% more monsters. <laughs> Worth it. Uh, I don't know what it is with sewer dungeons. They are always the worst. Should even be possible. Chrono- even what? Even the one in Chrono Trigger, because that one is actually pretty short. Yeah, I would say that that is... By Chrono Trigger's standards, it might be Chrono Trigger's worst dungeon. Which is to say, it's still better than most dungeons, but it's one of the lesser dungeons in that game. Well, it's very interstitial. I mean, it's about getting from point A to point B, and you just happen to have a hiccup along the way that is a a B-plot, or not even a B-plot, like it's a (laughs) C-plot. But yeah, it's one of those... uh, I would say it's one of the lesser dungeons in Chrono Trigger, so my point still holds. Yeah. Yeah. Lesser. I'm thinking of the the Xenogears one. Do we have to? I think that's right, bef- think that's right before or after the Fight Club dungeon. 
Yeah. It's not really a dungeon, but uh, that's right around where you recruit Rico, I think. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Actually, most of the dungeons in that game were annoying. Yeah, I mean, that's hardly the game's worst dungeon, because, I mean, it has dungeons with platforming in them. Uh, but, oh, man. And now all, all I'm thinking is, like, Rico is just Guile, isn't he? Not Guile. Blanca. Wrong Street Fighter. He's just Blanca, though. Well, I don't, I don't know how to hum his music. It's just like, I can't even... Can't even fudge it. It's no. Alright, anyway. I'm, I'm done talking about Zeno Gears. <laughs> I've only, I can only reevaluate so much 1998 and 99 Square, and I've already decided that I'll try to like see if I can make myself love FF8. I mean, <sighs> good luck to you, sir. Yep. Time compression. As long as I can, I'll just, I'll just activate the uh, stupid Steam cheat that gives me all the drawn magic. Because I'm not doing the card game, and I'm not doing the frickin', and I'm not drawing it individually from enemies. This is the safest way to play the video game. <sighs> all right. Next question. What and no wait what did I just read that you one? just asked it. It's terrible tonight. Best supporting character the last five years maybe a first, second, and third place. Hmm. You so, should think in terms of the game's cast overall because a good cast bounces off each other. Um. So let's say like some of the Dragon Quest games had very good right hand men or women or whatever. So I'll say um, Angus. Not yeah, Yangus, Yangus, because Dragon Quest VIII 3DS just came out. We can use that. Yes. Yeah, I'll allow it. Gov! Yeah, Gov. I love, I, like, no, there's no better joke than Yangus getting tired of his own running joke of being terrified by King Trode and just stopping. <laughs> uh, still sad. Me wrong. I'm still sad we never got his mystery dungeon game. Uh, Shonen Yangus. Uh, he is definitely a good pick. We're going to put him in the number three slot for no reason oh, really? whatsoever. <laughs> or should we just put him in the number one? I'm fine with I that. mean, prove, like, find me a better one, and then you can argue that they should be number one. <laughs> prove me wrong, children. Prove me wrong. <coughs> uh. Let's see. Supporting characters in recent years. I mean, uh, Xenoblade I like Chronicles had a set of many wonderful supporting characters. I figured you were going to start arguing for the hero, Pong. Of course. Uh, that's exactly who I was going for. He is just I like like this hilarious mascot character with a bunch of children. Uh, I think his wife like forces him to go on the que on the quest, and he <coughs> provides some good comic relief in what is overall a. Um, I don't want to say it's a, it's a it's a pretty serious quest for the most part, and but 
that game has a good amount of humor in it, and he is a large part of that. He's just entertaining. He's no Yangus, but he's quite good. So how about the android from Metal Max 4 who turns into the motorcycle? <laughs> you keep doing this, I can't vote on Metal Max 4, I can't play it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I just... I'm. Uh, I'm obligated to mention the series. Yeah, right? I know. I know when you're taunting me. I'm aware. Uh, yeah. I, I am still, still. I still remember the moment I was playing that game and it was like, oh, this cover is not just random art. This is actually in the game. Other good characters. Uh, what is the name of the weasel in uh, the Share in the Wanderer games? Uh, no, that's the actual title of the game. Um, Maitachi? Uh, I forget. But he's I entertaining. Say, I think you can just say the weasel in the Share in the Wanderer games and there you go. know well enough what you mean. Uh, the weasel in the Share in the Wanderer games, who, considering the protagonist is silent, provides a good, like, uh, proves to be like a good narrator, I guess you would call him. Yeah, like, silent protagonists tend to need at least one character who... Like, party members in games led by silent protagonists tend to end up taking, like, the attitudes of various players, as well as, like, uh, the... as well as a sort of, uh, like point of ignorance compared to where the player what information the player has it's kind of interesting that kind of writing yeah so I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of breath of death seven or seven or whatever it was called it's seven yeah where, yeah where the protagonist was technically silent because he had no vocal cords uh, but you could actually hear you could actually read his thoughts in the text bubbles and <laughs> it had his sidekick I think was she a ghost or was she I've never actually played the game I just heard about it but she she would fulfill the role of trying to talk through the plot in place of him, and she was literally putting words in his mouth. <laughs> oh, that game is wonderful. One of the few shining stars of the uh, Xbox Live Indie games. Yeah. Tragically discontinued service full of truly bizarre uh, objects. Yes. Uh, yeah, like th we could probably have a hours-long discussion on this, but I think we would all die. So, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think Angus is probably one of the best examples. Of Yangus, Yangus. Did I, call him, did I just call him Angus? Yeah, I think hey, he I might just be hungry. I, yeah. I am just batting horribly tonight. It's well below the Mendoza line. Yeah, <sighs> I'm. Psh I'm very shocked that you know that term. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So. It means you're batting under 200. <laughs> Essentially, it means that no matter how good you are at whatever your actual role is, you're such a liability at bat that it's not worth keeping you. Yeah. Uh, I guess Mendoza was someone that actually batted under 200 at some point, so that's... 
That's kind I think of it was like that. The, he batted just above what would be the theoretical Mendoza yeah. line. Like he was kept yeah. on, but he was like a shortstop or something, some some role like that, where it's just like, oh, you're good at what you do, but like you're so bad at batting that yeah. you're too much of a detriment. <laughs> Baseball is an interesting sport because you th- you you think about it for a second. It's like, oh, what's considered a really good batting average is when you fail seventy percent of the time <laughs> at the plate. Yeah. One of these days, I'm going to have to track down the Power Pro Coon um, 11 game for DS that actually had the RPG side game. Oh my god, I need this. It, it, it's still the it's the only game in that series to have a game page on our site because I talked somebody into putting it on. <laughs> yeah. Someone has to review it. Because it's Power Pro Coon, it is perpetually high-priced, even on resale. Uh, yeah, those are really popular, I guess. Yep. The, for the audience, Power Pro Coon is this baseball management game of, or management sim and sports game featuring bobble-headed characters. Yeah, they released uh, the they released a few of those Konami in the US on the Wii, I believe. Yeah, at least one of the Wii and one and perhaps one other showed up. Those are Konami, right? I think so. Let me double check this. Yeah, I'm seeing this. Yeah, GQO Powerful Pro Yaku. Yeah. And, yeah, it's uh, real long running. It's one of the only series I would expect them to continue to produce now that they basically produce no video games. <laughs> yes, it is the Madden of Japan, except better done. Okay, we got a few. Oh, they, yeah. There's a. Oh, this is. Oh, sorry. There's a. There's a lot of these. There's so many. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it's it's one of those things where like you can see the knowledge gap among English speakers because like it's one of Konami's most successful series and it has no Wikipedia page. <laughs> we should change that sometime. Okay, yeah, we got MLB Power Pros in That's the what it was called. for the Wii. They actually got the MLB license, I guess, which is mildly surprising. Uh, Power Pros 2008. We also... Okay, we got two of them. And we also got the... Did we get the DS one? Yeah, we did get the DS one. Weird. Not, is it the one with the RPG in it? I don't think uh, so. I, I doubt it. Because I would number eleven. I think number twelve had something with pirates. Well, that's rad for the record. <laughs> Pirate baseball. Oh no! I mean the 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 game behind the game was like pirates, not maybe similar to the RPG kind of thing, but pirates instead. The thing that happened to baseball video games over the past ten-ish uh, years is kind of tragic to watch. Well, now MLB makes their own. Uh, series, which I hear is god-awful trash. <coughs> and also there's an RBI baseball back again, for some reason. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. That's oh, made, that's the one they made? Yeah, that's made I, by I MLB. assumed that they would have the word MLB in the frickin' name. <laughs> nope, that's the one made by Sony. <laughs> MLB the show. <laughs> uh, what? 
Somebody <laughs> managed to get a really good contract in for naming rights, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. Like, there was the, the, the thing that... Like, sports games got completely decimated late in the PS2's lifetime. Oh, it's yeah. surreal to... Like, it's surreal to look back and it's like, oh, there used to be, like, six basketball games every year. Six ba- baseball games made by a plethora of different companies because everyone had the license and they could make... You know, as long as they could make one a year, they could release however... Yeah. Sorry, this is not a sports game website. I should bring this up. <laughs> Exclusive licenses were awful. Also, there's no more. There used to be, like, think about the idea that, like, a lot of companies would release two football games a year because they would also release a college football game every year. Yeah. And that went down, that went down in flames because, hey, they were using a bunch of players' names and... And likenesses, and it was probably kind of illegal to begin with. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was highly, highly illegal. (laughs) Uh, Video games, moving on. Moving on. RPG questions. But it's almost baseball season. Well, you can talk about your baseball RPG then. Well, you know what I found out? Uh, So I'm going to to PAX East one of the days this year, and I found out that the, the one day I will be up there is opening day for the Red Sox. Wow, rip you. Yeah. <sighs> Which I ro- won't really be able to go to because it'll be a day game right in the prime time of past. Yeah, that's so what I was saying. Rip you. You yes. won't be able to see that even if you wanted to. No, I just had to deal with the awful traffic in and out yeah, of the city. Yeah, you get the worst part of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. <clears throat> Next question. Have you played many RPGs where the supporting characters suck so much that the big moments and cool events just feel lukewarm or wasted potential? Have you played a good game that would have been much better if the supporting characters were stronger? I feel um, like that second one is more likely for me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can think of way too many games where a bit more support from the support characters would have been good. Secret of Mana. Um, yeah. I, mean, I can think of, like, four or five NPCs off the top of my head who could have had a much bigger presence in the storyline. That's, oh, hey. that's real common in that era, just because, like, oh, well, we only have so much space, so... Exactly. Space limitations mean that this character is going to say a couple of things, seem interesting, and then never show up again, because there's not enough time. <laughs> yeah, or count the number of characters who disappear in plot holes in the middle of Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, or even just, I think the thing that I found most off-putting when I finally properly played FF6 was, like, you got to the you get to the world of Ruin, and then, like, the game just has to, like, it doesn't credit a speaker half the time that the p- party is doing something. It's just like, oh, someone said that. Who? <laughs> Dunno. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> just because the party was so mutable at that point, it could have been anyone. Yeah, there was not the kind of space they would need to have individual dialogue to react to everything, and that kind of hurts the game. Mm. Or uh, Chrono Cross is another one that, like, that game's plot is insane, but I could have probably swallowed a lot more of it if anyone mattered. Yeah. If they'd gone with the branching realities a bit more. Yeah. It sucks, because, like, the few times that they really, like, build a side quest around, like, say, oh, this person is meeting themselves from another reality, and they're sort of reacting to the differences that, the different choices that they made. Like, that's really cool, and that's, I want a game that is that. But, like, 
the game literally having an accent filter kind of lets it down. I respect the uh, the coding that went into the accent filter, though. Yeah. Are you going to say something, Wheels? Uh, I had uh, one game came to my mind when I was thinking about this, and that is Blue Dragon. Oh. Because Blue Dragon actually has some decent like supporting characters, but it has it has kind of a problem because it oh. has one of the most annoying support characters I have ever seen in a game ever. And I've played a lot of games. Yeah. Wheels is famously despised mascot character. He is <laughs> god awful. Just like I don't I don't bleh. remember what the little yellow man's name is. I Moro 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 little guy that I want to shut the F up. Is he even more annoying than the pink thing for Obsidian? Yes. Oh my god, oh, yes. Uh, Choo Choo died for your sins, good sir. Moro Moro. Choo Choo could turn into a 50 foot tall kaiju by the end of the game. Yeah. So at least he had some use. Moro Moro does not die, he just keeps on talking in an insanely screechy voice and in a okay, very for, annoying for matter record, for the, the whole damn game. For the record, his name is Maru Maru. I don't care. Just, just like with Mugen Souls, I do not care. <laughs> That's why I said for the record rather than an attempt to correct you. Okay. Good. So, man, Good. I, I remember back in the day, quite a few Japanese gamers would have argued for the fairy girl from uh, Dragon Quest Nine to be like the worst supporting character ever. Yeah, they hated her for some reason. That was weird. <laughs> she was too girly girl for them. I thought she was actually a pretty good foil to everyone else. But yeah. uh, wonder what they thought of Muro Muro, but... Uh being an Xbox game, it'd be hard to find people that actually played it. That would have been one of the five games that sold Xboxes in Japan. It would have <laughs> sold a lot of them, but it sold some. I, I remember it, I remember going to the movies back when that when the first Blue Dragon game was new, and they actually had cinema advertising for it. it oh, wow. Was, Microsoft really Microsoft went all out. Would, they were really hoping, they really wanted to expand into Japan, and their thought process was like, <laughs> We will pay for as many frickin' JRPGs as they want if they'll frickin' buy them. So, which Tales game was it that actually caused the Xbox to sell out? <laughs> Vesperia. Vesperia. Vesperia sold like 70,000 Xbox 360s, which was probably more than the original Xbox sold in its lifetime. Yeah, it was. I remember the news reports from the day where it was literally the entire stock in the country. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, it it's sold like, out across the country specifically just for that game in like three days. Meanwhile, the X-Bone is on track to undersell the original Xbox. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. But, like, that's also... By, by now, the X-Bone is... They have left Japan for dead. They know they can never break in there, and they're not even going to try. Yeah. Especially not now that the PlayStation 4 has managed to gain background from the PS3 era. Yeah, like, PS4 and Switch are both going to continue to... Like, there's no room for a third console there. There's barely room for both of them. Yeah. So. Seems like the Switch is becoming the new Vita. Well, it's where all the Vita games go now. Yeah. yeah. It happened pretty quickly, too. I was going to say, the Switch is, like, the perfect amalgamation of everything that Nintendo did right for both consoles and portables. Yeah. yeah. Which is why it's such a lovely system to play games on. 
by filling a niche that nobody else could fill. Yeah. I'm happy for it. Yeah. And it's also Nintendo's continued flipping the bird to all of the economic analysts who kept saying that Nintendo was doomed. <laughs> a year for the last ten years. That cat, that cat, like that category is actually somehow older. It's just that it used to be filled by people writing to game magazines rather than people who have uh, try to have serious opinions about the economy. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, remember when <laughs> Apple was doomed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, memories. Now we're all doomed to buy a- Apple products. <laughs> with the, the bigger difference being that at one point it actually looked like it could have happened with Apple. It's true. Yeah, so, Nintendo was never not profitable. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't necessarily doing well in two or three of its soft of its hardware generations, but yeah. Like it, it was also always buoyed up by like handhelds. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, just look at and look how bad the 3DS started too, and they recovered from that incredibly well. And that one's a masterclass of like throwing all of your weight behind a platform to make sure that it survives. Yeah, I don't even remember it having struggled back then. <laughs> first, I mean, consider where I'm sitting right now, and my perspective on the 3DS at the start is like you could not get one for weeks. <laughs> yeah, there you had to sign up for a waiting list. You had to do that for the Switch as well. You had to do that for the original DS. Uh, <laughs> I waited a week before I could get my DS back in 2006. Oh, wow. No, 2005. 2005. Uh, I remember like back in like maybe it was mid-2011, at least in the US, like the 3DS was doing poorly enough that like Amazon and Nintendo got into a big spat over it. Uh, I forgot about that. Like, there was a period where, like, Amazon wanted to... I think it was that they had wanted to... to, like, knock down the price, and Nintendo wasn't going to give them anything to do that, and so they were... uh, Let's see... Uh, Son's response was even stranger... But yeah, there was a point where Amazon, like they would let they would sell them through third parties, but they would not sell 3DSs themselves. Yeah, I remember that. Because I think that was the case around the time when the uh, the XL came out, and I could not like order one on Amazon. Yeah, and like that that also you know affected the Wii U's launch because like Amazon didn't sell that system. Yeah. Well. It, didn't turn out to be very hard it to find a Wii U. It was one f- of those things where it was like, it probably didn't help that system. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you can't buy it on Amazon. I remember I ended up getting the Wii U not too long after launch, and yeah, it was not that hard to find one, and the first one I got actually did not work. And it was not that hard to find the store to return and get a replacement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor... Poor, poor Wii U. They tried. Sufficient branding. Yeah. The Wii U was the flawed prototype that had to exist for the Switch to come out. It's still a really great system, and I hope over time people will realize um, uh, just how 
how good it was. Nobly intentioned little thing. Yeah. Man, WiiWare's finally dying. You can still buy WiiWare games on your Wii U. Pick them up before March 26th. Wow. There's a lot of strange things that you can't buy anywhere else. I think Where they, else can you purchase Yumi and the Cubes or Pole's Big Adventure? I think they may have actually shut down the WiiWare store already, and you can only re-download stuff you've already purchased until then. What I had it's seen was like that, that you can... What I had seen was that like the store goes away in January, but you can't buy points for it anymore after sometime this okay. month. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah, make sure uh, make sure you get what you want and archive it somewhere because I mean, uh, it's not coming yeah, back. There's there's a lot of virtual console games on there that did not end up on the Wii U store. But I mean, you can't play Just Saken Necromancer on your North American Wii. <laughs> Uh, you also can't play uh, Secret of Mana or Final Fantasy 2 or 3 or yeah. uh, any of those on your Wii U so Square never really bothered with the Wii U's virtual console in the US nope did you know that on the eShop for the Japanese 3DS you can get Final Fantasy 1 through 6 I believe yeah. Not fair. Not not fair. In addition to I think Dragon Quest one, two, and three. I believe that, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Alright, next question. Uh what game from last year would you recommend to the gamer who does not like RPGs usually? It's going to uh, depend on why they don't normally like RPGs. And what they normally like instead. <laughs> Alright, well just pick pick a good RPG and sell it to someone who doesn't normally like that sort of RPG. Hmm. Oh. And um, you can use something you played last year, not necessarily something that came out last year. <laughs> Depending on how many of last year's releases... Um, That's important for uh, Gaijin I mean, to be able to... Yeah. I mean, because considering stuff that I played last year could actually stretch back as far as 20 years. Uh. Uh. Well, you played you played Alliance. You could sell Alliance Alive on someone. Okay, well, the Alliance Alive. Well, let's see. First of all, it is a... It is definitively a JRPG experience. So, but... It has intersecting plot lines. It has a very wide and interesting cast of characters. It has a non-traditional um, system where you don't have to worry about experience points. You don't have to worry about fighting useless random battles all the time just to get uh, a little bit better. You will just normally get better as you progress. Um, it has some really interesting uh, attack animations, and it has a crazy penguin in a conquistador spiked helmet who will, Sold. or whose primary attack <laughs> involves either slapping something silly with, her flippers, with his flippers or doing a rocket headbutt straight into them. And he specifically learns penguin-style kung fu attacks, including again, rocket headbutt, uh, pinball, man, oh, see, uh, pinball magic, 
which hits everything on screen, and Penguin Madness, which is basically Super Penguin Kung Fu that hits the enemy ten times. He also has a happy penguin dance that will make everyone, or will increase everyone's strength. Everyone needs to purchase this game. Pre-order yes, now, Amazon.com, your local GameStop. Um, Wherever good games are sold. Maybe like your local Target, since I always seem to find JRPGs there. Like some some like big box stores will stock some very strange things, and then not sell them very well, and so they're still yeah. there. Always worth a look if you're just looking for something that might have theoretically been there at one stage. I found, but, uh, a, I found a random copy of Dragon Quest Nine at Walmart not that long ago. Uh, and you know, which I, I also bought it, and that's going to be my son's copy of Dragon Quest Nine eventually. Yeah. Assuming he likes JRPGs. Well, that's another good one to just try and get somebody in on. I mean, oh, yeah, they, there you go. That's true. It's hard. It's hard to find something that's more fundamentally RPG-ish in the Japanese mold than Dragon Quest. And Dragon Quest Nine is good for being a uh, an easy entrance. Into yeah. The and it's flashy enough that uh, people won't really get bored with the the slower combat of a turn-based game because you get to watch all the fun animations. Yeah. And you get to make your own characters, so. That's, I think that's definitely good for a starting RPG. Instead of giving them a bunch of pre-made characters, they get to make their own and mess around with that. So yeah, that's definitely a good one. As far as stuff as I played last year, I feel like the easy answer would be Breath of the Wild. But considering that bends more towards being like an action-adventure game anyway, I don't think that's really all that applicable to this question. So I'm trying to think of something else. You got any good ones, Dave? Repeat what you were saying? I was saying Breath of the Wild would be my easy answer, but I feel like that already bends... that already would attract people that aren't normally into RPGs, so I I want to try and come up with something else. Well, I mean, that's kind of what makes a good gateway drug. It's like something that's similar to what you're like introduces elements of what you're uh, trying to get someone into but doesn't go whole hog into the deep number crunch but uh hmm again this is going to depend on like uh, the other option you have is just overwhelming them with sheer quality which is another thing that breath of the wild does but yeah uh, so that so then it becomes like what was the very best RPGs that I played last year? And it's like oh, it's Breath of the Wild, it's probably Persona Five, stuff like that. Well, I think a good one actually would be <coughs> Horizon Zero Dawn, because kind of the basic gameplay of that it plays like a lot of other open world games that are out there, not necessarily RPGs, <laughs> and has kind of similar mechanics. But it is an RPG. Like you level up, you pick skills, you have to craft ammo. Uh, you have to find materials to get new weapons, things like that. But I think because it plays a lot like similar open-world games, I think you could kind of pull in a non-RPG player pretty easily. And that's that's probably a lot. That probably has a lot to do with why it was successful, because you kind of can draw from multiple audiences. 
That makes sense. Like that, that game evidently did do that because that game sold extraordinarily well. Yeah. <clears throat> which is great, which means those guys don't have to make any more freaking Killzone games <laughs> or anything wait like that. And, <laughs> wait and watch as it happens anyway. Okay, Wheels, you might appreciate this. <clears throat> um, a couple days ago, I saw a thing for a Nindoroid model. Uh, oh, nice. Nindoroid's these uh, plastic figurine models series from Japan. And it was something called a guardian from breath of the wild uh, <laughs> yeah. oh that oh, yeah. <laughs> oh i've seen this like this weird cyclop i mean it looks like a, a golem crossed with a dialect with a single eye yeah um, yeah they got like uh, spidery legs and such and spidery legs but part one of the funniest things was that was its accessories because oh, yeah. its best accessory was this clear plastic screen that you can place in front of it with the words game over <laughs> yeah that's where i saw like i saw someone talking, uh, post, like tweeting about that because it was just like oh that accessory <laughs> is perfect that's like, amazing the first about 10 15 times you run into a guardian that's what you're seeing yep <laughs> they are not nice <laughs> the meanest thing <laughs> oh. <laughs> Times, good times. So, yep, Japan knows how to merchandise stuff. Yes, they certainly do. Properly. They know how they know how to do it properly. Japan gets Nandoroids, we get Funko Pops. Uh, well some of the Monster Hunter one of the ones of those you know what, I'm not even gonna defend Funko Pops, they're trash. Um <laughs> I will be buying some Monster Hunter stories amiibo sometime soon though, because my, my damn sister just had to show me this game if as if I didn't have enough to play already. She's like, I was like, uh, you know, I played the demo. I wasn't really that interested. And she's like, no, here, let me show you all the awesome stuff I have in, in the late part of the game. And Which game is this? Monster Hunter Stories. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So the only thing I know about Monster Hunter Stories is the bit about the uh, plot where like, it's the only place that doesn't just murder monsters outright unless they are outlaws everywhere else. It's basically Monster Hunter Pokemon. Yeah. I, mean, I, just, like, I like yeah. that bit of world building. Of, like, uh, I was oh. say closer to Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 3rd where you can actually ride around on the monsters. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I started... We didn't get that. No. Because no one bought the other ones. <laughs> Yeah, I started playing that. It's pretty fun, and now I want the amiibos because you get like, each of them gives you like a rare egg or something. So, <sighs> damn it, too many games. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, as soon as Alliance Alive is out, that's all I'll be playing for a while anyway. That's part of why I'm trying to <sighs> rush through Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology yeah. so that I have the capacity to just devote myself to Alliance Alive. Yeah, smart. I need to try and do that as well. Um, so what game... So, I want to recommend... I want to cheat here a little and recommend a game that came out this year uh, to people who don't normally play RPGs, and that is a, a fun little indie title called Monster Hunter World for your PS4 or Xbox One. Perhaps I've mentioned it before. I mean, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. 
Maybe. Perhaps we had another staff member on one time, and the two him and I talked about it for like an hour. I might have fallen asleep during that. <laughs> I know. I, I've had conversations with high school students about this game now. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Because it's one topic I can get them to talk about in English. <laughs> at least. can talk about monsters and hunting in English. No, basically, so what, what are you doing? So I'm playing a game. And it's like, okay, what game are you playing? Um, so oh, I'm playing, like, Switch. It's like, no, no, no. what's the title? Like Monster Hunter World. Oh, do you have a uh, do you have an Idu? Uh, Palico in Japanese. It's like mm-hmm. yeah. It's, oh, what color is it? Oh, it's da 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 da. It's like, what, uh, so what kind of outfit does it have? Oh, it has this outfit. Da, da, da. You know. Nice. They are very willing to talk about their Palicos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the thing that draws me to like say like maybe I'll try Monster Hunter World is like oh I'll customize my cat. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I, uh, it's like last week there was this one webcomic I read and they had a joke with a palico on it last week and in the comments section there was a very large number of people going I just looked this up to find out what the joke was and oh my god I need one of those cats um, so apparently a lot of people are buying it specifically for the, the palicos <laughs> they're really good cats yeah uh, they're, they're rem- staying for the monsters that reminds me, one of the other things that uh, drew my attention to Monster Hunter stories was my sister's Palico ha- was wearing Maj- Majora's mask. Wow. <laughs> it's like, damn it. damn it. Nintendo just, nah, just legally distinct enough for Majora's mask for Nintendo not to get pissed off. Hey, this, this is Capcom we're talking about. They may have just licensed a minor crossover. Oh no! This, this is this was in uh, Monster Hunter Stories, the 3DS. Game. Oh, in Stories, then yeah. yes, that's definitely the official thing. Yeah, it was I, super official. I mean, I I remember. Oh, okay, never mind. It's still Capcom. So I remember seeing Palico armor for Mega Man before. Yeah. I think you can play as Ryu in Monster Hunter World. Not just not like dress someone up as Ryu. You just oh, I'm gonna play as Ryu. Yeah, I would not be surprised. My uh. My Palico in Monster Hunter 4 actually has uh, is dressed up as Dante from Devil May Cry. Featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. <laughs> I feel like the most amazing like reversal of that in the world would be a Palico dressed up as Raidoku's Noha. <laughs> hey, we, yeah, at least we got a Jack Frost dressed up as him. Oh man, I love my Raiho plushie. <laughs> Well, the nice thing is that Raido's Raido Kuzunoha's outfit is based on a Jap- particular style of Japanese high school uniform from the time period. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it is quite possible to have a Palika in the future in that style. Oh man, maybe I hope not, so. Maybe not the awesome cape and the sword, but you never know. Well, I mean, they can, you can give a Palika a sword. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, not the same kind of sword, but yeah. True. Yeah. True. Oh man! I just remembered like them releasing like the deal on Dante running out, and them just releasing Nocturne Maniacs, but with uh, Rido in place of Dante, and that was just how they got around it. It's just like, oh, that's Rido now. Whatever. Well, I remember that was actually a big thing in Japan. <laughs> Maniacs edition was incredibly difficult to find. Huh? So that was rare on both sides of the Pacific. Yeah. 
I mean, it was a special updated edition for Nocturne. Yeah, that added, like, it added endings and such. Like, it was a marketed improvement to... That version came out here? That's the only version we got. Like, Nocturne is just... The Nocturne we have is just Maniac. Oh, okay. Yeah, they got... Um, I mean, they they fixed some stuff for the American release, and then they went back and re-released it as the Maniac's edition. Gotcha. Yeah. They also added Dante from the Devil May Cry series. <laughs> because, hey, he's popular in America, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And the way they got around that is really fascinating. It's just like, oh, we'll have Kaneko de- design Dante's devil form in Devil May Cry 2. And that's just, uh, what a waste. <laughs> <laughs> Could have done anything with that business deal, and he wasted it on Devil May Cry 2. Oh, well, no take backs. <laughs> yeah, so... That's uh, the story of Nocturne Maniacs and how it relates to Nocturne in the U.S. Good times, good times. All right, we have exhausted all of Lol Whoop's questions, so maybe we can take a question or two from the last episode, so that we're yeah. not completely bogged down for the next one. You got a lot of comments. It's good. Including from our editor in chief. Yeah, maybe one day we'll have him on. Maybe. All right. Uh, from Budai, do you think people often form the idea of what a game is before it's released, and then are disappointed when it's not what they envisioned? Yes. Uh, yes. 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 <laughs> That's almost literally what PR exists to do. Not yeah. necessarily the disappointment, but to give you, like, to sell you the platonic ideal of what the game is meant to inspiring people and if that happens to not actually be a real video game oh well they already got your money yeah uh max storm brought up a a good point he's like uh not to steal from steal material from this episode for wheels and crew but uh yes 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 yes, especially if said game is inspired by insert classic game like chrono trigger which i believe is referring to two relatively recent releases I assumed Square he was. Enix. I, I assumed he was shit talking basically everything that's come out of Tokyo RPG Factory. I mean, I, I've only specifically Setsuna. Yeah, I've only played Setsuna so far, uh, which I enjoy quite a lot. Um, but yeah, but I've, it's very. That was definitely the one where PR was like, "We're trying to make Chrono Trigger," and uh, it's bad PR. But uh, then again, I don't. You know, it it's obviously designed to the battle system is obviously des- designed to to play like Chrono Trigger, so it's can it's like impossible to avoid avoid those sorts of comparisons. But you know, like they, let fans make that comparison. Don't put that in your PR. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. Exactly. It's like the game cannot possibly li- live up to that because it's not trying to be Chrono Trigger. It's it's a a much more straightforward linear game, and it's fine. It's good. It's it's not like game of the year material or anything like that, but it's it's a a good little RPG and and yeah, it got absolutely shit on because it wasn't the next Chrono Trigger. Uh, I actually responded to a question similar to this on Quora about three months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was specifically, can I mention other game titles in my game's Google Play Store description? <laughs> uh, or is it against any rules, laws, etc.? It's like. Well, I can't comment on legality or ethical aspects, but I'd have to advise against it because mentioning a high-profile game in your description 
rather than trying to describe and sell the game on its own merits, is only likely to remind potential customers that the high-profile game exists, and they're more likely to go back to that one than try and buy something. <laughs> I mean, now they can go and get uh, Chrono Trigger on their uh, phone and kind of regret it, but still, they can do that. But you can get it on yeah. your you can get it on your PC and, and you know, regret it perhaps even more because you know, uh, that. That form of smoothing looks even worse when it's done. To... You, you can go get it on your DS and be completely pleased and happy and do like yep. I did and frame the poster it comes with and hang it on your wall. It's so good. That game's so good. Well, technically, my wife got it framed for me, but still. Now that just means that your wife is awesome. <sighs> yes, she is. But yeah. I mean... I'm not sure why you'd undercut that fact. Like, oh man, I married so well that they framed a poster of Chrono Trigger for me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chrono Trigger. Uh, yeah, DS is the only way you want to play at this point. Like, there's nothing wrong with playing like the uh, virtual console version if you still have a Wii yeah. with it booted. Like, if you can get the SNES version, like, there's no reason to warn someone away from that. The new content isn't good, but... <laughs> For some reason, my brain kept telling me it w- it's on the SNES, the the mini, but it's not. I'll be honest. I would have I would have put it if it were up to me and like I had no licensing issues to worry about. I'd have put it in over FF6. You're a monster, but that's okay. I <laughs> I would have accepted that decision anyway. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, like. PR exists to sell you a product, and they are perfectly fine be, uh, being at least mildly misleading about what that product contains up until they have sold it to you. Mm-hmm. And if that means that you're going to walk away with uh, inflated expectations, well, that's not their problem. It's the people who have to do customer support and interviews mm-hmm. afterwards that have to worry about it. Uh, to move on with Budai... If you could handle one RPG, if you could hand one RPG franchise off to another developer or studio to work on, who would you choose and why? Oh, that's uh, a good one. Saga series to you. Yes, I think they already did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, not officially, not officially. It's but true. It's also true. Speak, speaking of not using the name of the inspiration in your game um, advertising, they never ever said that the Legend of Legacy was a saga game, but. Oh boy, did everybody identify it as one? Yeah, that's, that's, true. that's, that's kind of the other thing. Is that like if you if your game really shows the spirit of another game, people will like fans will do it for you, and you won't come off like promising things you can't do. Yes, I'm looking so, forward. Yeah, so, yeah, Legend of Legacy and the Alliance Alive is one of the best examples I can think of where this actually worked. Um. But, um, what was it? Was it School of Heroes? Was that the English title? Class of Heroes? Class of Class Heroes. Of, yeah. yeah, that company actually wanted to take over the Wizardry franchise and was turned down. That seems obvious in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, and so they just took everything that they had planned for it and added a different visual aesthetic and made Class of Heroes. Yeah. It turns yeah. out you can't stop us from making Wizardry just because we can't call it Wizardry. <laughs> yes. But please stop making wizardry, please. Wow. Because I keep buying the I keep buying these wizardry clones, and I don't know why. 
Yeah, I don't Stop quite understand them. why you keep doing that. You never seem to have fun unless it's Etrian, but you keep buying them. Oh, I liked Demon Gaze. Um, so, so uh, Wheels, Wheels. Yes. Did you ever read the manga Delicious in Dungeon? No. Oh, I've heard of that one. You should. Um, it was recommended on the the one of the Christmas features, and so I just I bought the first three for 700 yen, a uh, special deal at the used manga store. Nice. And... And uh, it's basically it. It's a dedicated parody of wizardry style dungeon crawlers, <laughs> where the the party is trying to get back down to a specific lo- level of the dungeon to try and retrieve the body of one of their friends. So that, <laughs> but because of the because of the circumstances of how they got catapulted out of the dungeon the first time. Uh, they have no money left, so they are literally eating their way through the dungeon, cooking anything that they get rid of. I Absolutely just, everything. I just put the first volume in my Amazon cart. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that volume does have an official localization. It is ridiculous. This, but this. It, it is very much a. It's very much on the nose as a dedicated parody of that genre. <laughs> I have and to read fact, this. I mean, strangely enough, it's um. I think there's like a minor boom in that particular va- variation of manga right now, because mm-hmm. everywhere I look, there is like such and such is a dungeon, or such and such this, such and such that. That's all very obviously based off of this wizardry style world, <laughs> and most of them are complete crap. Um, you can pretty much tell by the style of title, but this one is very good. Excellent. You can tell because it's the only one that anyone tried to localize. <laughs> that too, but it also has—it's uh, one of the few that does not follow the set one or two of the same, very same styles of title arrangement, mm-hmm. and it's also one of the few that does not have. Well, it's one of the few where you would actually see the characters eating cheesecake instead of being cheesecake on the front of the cover. <laughs> uh, they haven't actually made a cheesecake yet, but I'm waiting. <laughs> they have to oh, find a monster that makes a good cheesecake eventually. Yeah. No, I mean, just not for. I mean, they they find ways of using golems for this stuff. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. The tragedy of trying to eat a gold man from Dragon Quest. <laughs> oh no, it's an Earth golem, and it, yeah. Oh, that's even worse. Oh, do, do you want to spoil it because it's a really fun little surprise? Mm, I think I'll probably read this one eventually. Okay. Well, do you want to hear or not? Nah, no, nah, I think I'll hold off. Oh, okay. This is another one that I've, I've had this recommended to me from a few sources, and I just keep needing to get around to it. This looks like this will be good therapy for all those damn wizardry clones I played. <laughs> Every time you feel like playing wizardry, just read this instead. <laughs> Or play Etrian Odyssey, which is less wizardry and better good fun times. I'm just going to pop in Wizardry Tale of the Forsaken Land for some reason. No, no. <laughs> Published well, by Atlas. You I'll love just, it. I'll just go back and fire up Elmenage Original, because that was... Oh, why? Uh, uh. Did I ever tell you how I had to beat the final boss? I don't think you told me about uh, how you went about this. Uh, uh So... The final boss would uh, 
spawn with random arrangements of enemies. So I had to get a combination of getting a random selection of enemies that weren't that annoying, and also get lucky with several insta-kill spells uh, when the enemies failed their saving throws. Well, that sounds miserable. It was awful. <laughs> it was really, really awful. That game sucks. And also, um, the this eventually got patched, but originally it was mislocalized, so uh, I oh. had to <laughs> had some trouble figuring out some things that were mislabeled. So good times. Returning to the question this was uh, built off of, I'm going to list an arbitrary developer and franchise and say, I want Atlas to make Skies of Arcadia 2. Okay. Alright. I'd play that. <laughs> Anyone else got uh, got some combos they want to see? Um. Well, back from the time when Wheels and I were swapping random plots for hypothetical <laughs> video games... There was one that I came up with that I never actually shared with Q&A. Ooh. I think we stopped doing this at that point. But it was essentially what would happen if Bandai Namco decided to pick up the Princess Tomato and the Salad Kingdom franchise and turn it into a Tales game. Oh, man. Tales of Tomatoes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, just had, I just had fun writing out a basic plot line where you had, like, the main characters come from this area called agraria that was originally all potatoes and turnips and stuff mostly potatoes but then the the great blight came through and now almost all of the potato tribes are shambling zombies but at the same time the aristocrats up in the high tree of orchardia are demanding stuff and so all, all have been enslaved to be literal dirt farmers to supply the material and then you've got um yeah, I mean, you had uh, a military junta in the leafy green republic of Dragon. You had a literal, literal banana republic with chili peppers and pineapples thrown in. And, and there, oh, you had you had Shoga Emperor. Is if you don't get the joke, um, Emperor Hirohito of Japan is now remembered as the Showa Emperor after his death, and Shoga is the Japanese word for ginger root. So our Japanese parody was the Shoga Empire, and you had this, um, the major religion of the land, that the the main temple was a colander, or looked like a colander, <laughs> and uh, so, and they preached that one day the, the harvest would happen and all souls would, all um, good souls would be taken up for the heaven. It was basically a rapture-based theology that turned out to be about an alien invasion of goats and cows coming to eat everyone. Wow. Yeah. Sold. Yes. Now I'm imagining this question, but turned sideways slightly by saying, what non-RPG franchise do you want turned into an RPG by a random studio? <laughs> well... The one I was going to bring that's up... that's where Princess Tomato fits. Well, the one <laughs> yeah. I was, I was going to bring up uh, was have Intelligent Systems make a Sonic RPG uh, that was never really a series of things, but 
they failed to do anything of note the first time, so have intelligent systems. Give it a go. It seemed like they'd be able to think, figure something out. And get some of the writers from the Sonic Boom cartoon series. Because that show is hilarious. Have the developers of The World Ends With You make a Jet Set Radio RPG? That would be uh, that would be something. That's for me, specifically for me, and no other human beings <laughs> on this planet. Uh, I would like to see Platinum Games make a Tales game. Well, Platinum Games Oops. is making a uh, not Tales game, but they are making an action RPG now. That's right, uh, Grand Blue something. Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, I think? Ah, okay. Rabaru. Very popular uh, phone RPG in Japan. Yeah. I've seen I it. think there's a, link, a localized version of it. I don't think it's very popular in the US, but I think they keep doing it anyway. I've seen <laughs> people all over my Twitter feed playing it. Oh wow! And I think there, there's an English version of it, but I don't. I think you have to like actually get it from the Japanese iTunes store or something. Like, <laughs> I, I, it was something weird like that. Maybe it's changed since then, but. Okay, yeah, it's Grand Blue Fantasy Project Relink. It looks very pretty. I don't know if it's coming out in English, but I'd play it. I would yeah. certainly play it. Ugh. I'll play it sometime after Bayonetta 3 or whatever. Uh, and I guess we can probably close out with the last of Budai's questions, maybe? Sure. Sure. What do you think Microsoft's pre position in the game world right now is? Have their goals been achieved? Realistically, I wonder what their future holds with the Xbox, and at what market share they consider a valid presence. Well, as far as the American market goes, they're still strong because it's all Call of Duty. Um, like, they they pissed away a lot of America, but, like, they still have about... I think that it's basically, like, a two-to-one ratio for, like, PS4s to Xbox Ones, so... Like, they the PS... The thing is, the PS4 is also exceptionally successful, so... Yeah, it, since it managed to fix a lot of the issues it had with PlayStation 3, so people yeah. are actually making games for it again. Yeah, so it's one of those things, but like the because they're architecturally so similar, the the two, like making a PS4 game basically means like you're leaving money on the table not to port it to Xbone unless you have a lot of reasons yeah. not to. Yeah. But. But also their digital rights management policies at the very beginning really he did yeah, so like much they, damage. They they pissed the entire market down their leg doing that. Yeah. yeah, they gained they gained a lot of it back with all the backwards compatibility. It seems to have done a lot, but yeah, and that all that I mean, combined with the, at, the lack of first party titles is not done many like, favors. The way the DRM was managed <laughs> at the very beginning, or at least as it was stated, wasn't it something like if you did not, if your X-Bone realized that it was not in the country physically that it was supposed to be in, it wouldn't work properly? Uh, I don't know that it did that. It, it would um, log in, it had to log in once every 24 hours to make sure, yeah. in case your game I, somehow became pirated during that period. I remember <laughs> that there was some, some issue where it wouldn't play games if it 
if it realized that the game was outside of the zone it was in at the time or something mm. like that. And, and yeah. or, or maybe that was the original intent, and somebody pointed out that Microsoft's biggest um, market for these was actually the military. military um, yeah, U.S. <laughs> Army bases. And so this DRM would actually make it impossible for anybody on any a foreign military base to actually play any of their games. Yeah, like there's there was a lot of problems with this DRM because it like it also involved like the idea that like you put a game in and like it essentially registers to your Xbox and unless you like go through a great deal of hassle you can't sell it back cuz like no one else would be able to use it anyway. But there's like there were a lot of things wrong with this. It was a really draconian overreach that and, like destroyed all consumer confidence. And they tried to sell it as an improvement for consumers. Which no one, yeah. was, no one was buying at all. Yeah. They were trying to, they were trying to essentially excise the used market because, like in 2011, like there was a big stink from third parties. But like the used market is what will destroy us, and it's like, uh, guys, no, uh, <laughs> no. The used guys. market is, is what keeping is keeping your games relevant half the time. Yep. It's one of those things where it's like, guys, you're there are so many market forces that are making used games like less attractive. Like doing this kind of overreach destroys you. You're much better off just like trying to push digital sales where you already have control and the assumer expects no control. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh they it, it was like it didn't matter that by the time the system came out, those features had already been removed. It was too little too late. They had already destroyed themselves. They're talking uh, about the how the hype or the uh, initial presentation of the product changes the perception of it by the public. Yeah. We were talking about video games getting overhyped, but this also works for the X-Bone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I think, realistically, like, Microsoft is trying to right the ship. They apparently just announced the intent to do, like, a monthly sort of Nintendo Direct style meets, like, Iwata asks, like, developer interview and announcement thing called, like, Inside Xbox. Oh, I, I would love to see how many ways they find to mess that up. <laughs> yeah, doing, doing that because, monthly is already a questionable proposition, but... Yeah, I mean, when Nintendo started it, they actually had an empathetic and caring CEO who was well-known in the game community and actually really enjoyed making games. Who yeah, were they going like- the X-Bone version. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea what this what pr- this presentation style ends up looking like. Because, again, like, it, it really is hard to overstate how important Iwata was to the Nintendo brand in terms of, like, this was someone that was credible from every aspect. Like, he was obviously... He knew the business, he knew the industry, he knew the actual art of making games, and he was very good at, like, sh- selling genuine enthusiasm or when things were going poorly like genuine like we will strive to do better and like i don't i don't know that like without him essentially carrying them from the beginning i'm not sure how well nintendo directs would have worked like now we have like this slate of like nintendo designers that they know work and are photogenic because they've got like people like I think it's Koizumi that normally does them now, and they were smart to not have their current CEO take up that mantle. They passed it to another person who works within, like, the actual game development structure. Yeah. So, Uh, yeah, you pick your spokesman from the people who are very passionate about doing it. Yeah. But from from here, I have no idea, like, what that ends up looking like. It's, It's 
it's interesting to me mostly because it shows them like acknowledging on some level that they do not have enough identity at the moment. Oh yeah. And like that's like that's kind of the issue that Microsoft currently faces is that the Xbox brand exists to give Microsoft identity rather than be the business product company. And in order for it to do that, it needs to have brands associated with it and they have not maintained like they have kept making games in those established brands, but they have not maintained like the level of market penetration to like keep those brands as relevant as they once were. So they yeah. need to produce a new face for the Xbox. And I think I hope that they realize that's what they're trying to do, but it sounds like that's what they're going to try and do, but you know, you've got to see what happens. I mean, As for whether they think their goals have been achieved, like I doubt it, but yeah, I don't no. know what their internal targets are. And I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure they they've seen like the how it went from the PS3 to the PS4. So I'm sure they know that you know, a good their whatever the next console is, as long as it's good, they can get kind of they can get back on top. It's you know just have to. Like, need the right system, the right games, uh, it's going to be a matter of doing that, and right now, as far as first-party exclusive games go, they've got Halo, which they haven't had a game in... Uh, since 2015. Yeah, since 2015, <laughs> and that's about it. Uh, Gears continues to be reasonably popular, but that's 2016, nothing since. But like anything, anything else, like they've got other franchises that they're releasing games in, but they're not... Ga- franchises that have much cachet yeah. and like a lot of their attempts to sell new franchises just haven't sold I mean like yeah. do you even remember what Quantum Break was vaguely no <laughs> yep not surprised by either of those responses yeah. there's a very good chance that Wheels thinks he knows what it's, I'm referring to and may in fact have conjured up an entirely different game out of his own mind is it like a third person shooter that involved time travel wow you really broke the bank trying to guess that one <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you you look at Sony and Nintendo as far as first party titles, and they're like in a whole nother world. Uh, yeah, like it's uh, not uh, even Quantum close. Breaks, for, for the record, Quantum Break's uh, like X Factor was supposed to be one that like it was made by the uh, Max Payne and Alan Wake devs, who were you know reasonably popular third person shooter developers. But two that they spent like a butt ton of money on making. Uh, on essentially like making live action TV show episodes oh, that, would, that's right. that you would yeah. watch between levels. That sounds really boring. It was <laughs> Gold Star. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's uh, it's one of those things where like they 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 haven't done a good job of cultivating games that sell to a broad cross section. It's mostly just. Like the the thing the thing that they do have as an advantage is that they have never success they have never chased away the third parties. Like third parties continue to just sort of make Xbone games again, as in part I mentioned because its architecture is so similar to the PS4s, but also just because like they've never been chased away. They're still there. They have all none of them have ever like uh, questioned whether their engines will be compatible with the Xbox. None of them have ever like mm. lost that like inertia to continue supporting the xbox and so like what they need is first party because third party is still essentially taken care of yep 
So, I mean, can they do it? I don't know. I would imagine that there's probably like 15 different five-year plans that are currently duking it out for supremacy within the Xbox division. So as long as they deliver that Oni sequel to me, I will be happy. <laughs> they don't own any part of that. What the hell? What? They haven't. They don't own Oni. Oni in the Blind Forest? Oh, Ori. Ori. What What the hell am I talking like, I, I thought you were talking about, about the awful old Bungie game and making a that, joke. That's what I thought he was uh, talking about. I was like, <laughs> Bungie has uh, produced Ghost in the Shell fan fiction, and it's awful. Yeah. Bungie, based on my time with Destiny 2, has lost their goddamn minds. In a good way or a bad way? In Sounds a, bad, like a bad, way. bad way, yeah. Okay. Like, you'll note that Wheels has not had to, like, has not spent, I have not had to fight with him to get him to record because he's like, oh, I've got a Destiny raid. Yeah. Well, they, well, should... well, sir, there's only one damn raid in the game, and I've already yeah, played like it should... enough. <laughs> yeah, like, I should, I should point out that, like, that, that was the source of where a lot of, like, trying to get episodes out came from. It's like, oh, like... It should say something about how Destiny 2 landed, that, like, Wheels isn't playing it. No. He was playing Destiny 1 for, like, two years. Uh, no, sir. Three. Was it three? Has it been that long? Oh, God, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm gonna bring up, I'm gonna bring up Time Wasted on Destiny, and I'm gonna sh- shock you. Oh, please don't. You're not please. gonna shock me. I think yeah. you had it on multiple platforms at one stage. No, no. Say, how do you even keep track? <laughs> uh, let's see here. 821 hours. That's uh, plus four. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to put that okay. in the calculator. 821 divided by four, that's how many straight days of play... Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> yep. Is, that's li- like literally um, over a month nonstop. Yes. I mean that's over. What is wrong with you? It's <laughs> over more than three years. Come on now. That's not a good enough excuse. <laughs> Thirty-four days of your life. <laughs> I'm sure some of that I was actually like had fallen asleep in my chair. To be fair. Maybe like an hour of that. So, 820 hours! Like, that just makes it a slightly less improper fraction. Uh. (laughs) But yeah. Oh, wait, now. Do you want to know the leaderboard? They have a leaderboard here. Oh my god. uh, That's just going to tell me who's the worst. Oh my god, hold on. I just have to tab through the different platforms here. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> uh, 13,417 hours is the number yeah, we're one. I'm going to just divide that. 13,400 what? 17. Uh-huh. Uh, divide by 24. That is a year and a half. Yep. <laughs> a year and a half without stopping for meals, sleep, or toilet. Yeah. Oh, uh. I don't, I don't know that, like, 
Uh, stay I feel ahead. like that person has a hole in their life that needs filling, because that's concerning. Now, I, I don't want to make any accusations of this good person here, but I'm, I'm going to guess he left his system on for quite a while. <laughs> I yeah. hope so. Yeah. I, I genuinely I hope I'm not case. really buying that. Because the game was out... Uh, I'm just going to assume... Assuming he stopped and switched over to Destiny 2, the game was out for that's about a three-year period... So that would have have to have mean, meant that in those three years he spent exactly fifty percent of his time playing Destiny One. You're saying you wouldn't have done that if you had no other obligations. No. <laughs> no, I like to play other games. There was a lot of good games that came out in that time, many of which I didn't completely finish because of Destiny. In conclusion, though, like I'm concerned about that person because it sounds like they have like a hole in their life that is not being filled, and I hope that they. Uh... It's not being filled because Destiny Two is just not as good. Okay, but yeah, like uh, that's one of those. Uh, like there's there is always a chance for a reversal of fortune. That can be a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, well, like the original Destiny had a reversal of fortune, so. They're just going to have to do it again. I bet they wish they didn't have to keep doing this. Well, they kind of dig their own holes. I'm sure that Activision will eat them when all's said and done. I really hope not. But prove to me that you don't honestly believe it. I don't. I, I, th- I, I honestly think they would just close the studio before it's, you're talking about Bungie these are these are not normal yeah. people <laughs> I honestly believe they would let the studio fold rather than sell to another another big company honestly hasn't there been some high profile departures from there though um I don't know not any of well aside from the composer they dicked over yeah it's still it still annoys me, and uh, it probably explains some of the problems with Destiny 2, because that dude was not just a composer there. He was, yeah, his credit uh, title was composer, but when you look at that history of Halo, it's like, oh, he did a lot of stuff, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he was often the voice of reason. A sane human being. Um, I don't know enough to be able to tell if that's scary or not. There's uh, a there was a very long yeah. oral history of Halo on I think Polygon that is a fascinating read if you've got a few hours to sit reading it. Yeah, it's a really long and, read, uh, and it just it showcases the kind of spacemen that were uh, running Bungie at various points. Yeah, it's but as, as far as can be told, <laughs> Bungie is extremely dysfunctional and yet continues to produce amazing games. Now we just need a good pathways it's, in the darkness reboot. Yeah. It's just like they they try to do like insanely ridiculous things and then at the last minute realize, oh, we have to release a thing. And then the director of Halo 2 is like, I don't actually want to direct Halo 2, so I'm going to go off and direct something else and leave this place to become Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Oh, that's what we need, Lord of the Flies, the RPG. Uh, yeah. Well, the oh, yeah. Oh, man, isn't that... Uh, that seems like the next logical progression from, like, Danganronpa. Yeah. Very similar. Uh, Just no. make it a survival, like, South, South Sea survival RPG. 
funniest thing about Halo 2, based on that whole giant thing I read, was the most popular part of Halo 2 at, at the end of it was definitely the multiplayer, and it's it sounds like there was a tiny team of people working on the multiplayer, whereas everyone else was finishing the janky single player. Well, it was also that like there was supposed to be a big new multiplayer mode that was going to be the meat of the multiplayer mode, and like the guy who oh, yeah, was sent to right. do the traditional style multiplayer mode was essentially being resigned to like the grunt work. That's but like about, that that other that multiplayer it. mode just frickin' didn't work, and they had to scrap it entirely. Yeah. Uh, Bungie, they've never made an RPG outside of Destiny and Destiny Two. If you're counting those, <laughs> uh, I wasn't. There's Minot- a lot of number go up. Wasn't Minotaur sort of an RPG? I've never heard of that. I think you <laughs> might have just made it up. I did not, sir. Pathways into darkness. Let's all talk about that now. That was a uh, weird game. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say, Wheels. I was gonna ask you about your recent reading materials. Or what do you what have you been reading recently? Uh I have not been reading anything yet, but the next thing I will be reading is this wonderful novel called Princes of the Pizza Par Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. Whoa. Nice. By one I have forget how this is pronounced and I don't want to butcher it. But it's by you. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the last name on there is Yadi Mizu. Thank you. I yes, would uh, I would have horribly butchered that. Remember, Japanese is a phonetic language. <laughs> the letters are always pronounced the same, with exactly oh. three exceptions for for grammatical reasons. This is not like English. Mugen souls. Yeah, it's a uh, yes. Mugen souls. I mean, I mean, many 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 people from countries with sane languages consider English to be one step below Tibetan for <laughs> why the hell do they pronounce it like that? Yeah, it's, English is uh, full of linguistic traps, whereas, like, you know, you... Like, it's, it's also helpful that, like, Japanese is only transliterated into English essentially one way in modern times. Yeah. <laughs> There's some older stuff that you'll sometimes see running around, like uh, how a lot of uh, that like there seems to have been a romanization system that was more common within Japan that's based on an older one, and that's why you sometimes see Yoshi spelled Y O S S Y. Y O S I. No, that that well, one. Says, no, I've also seen it spelled Y O S S Y, which was even stranger. Okay, that is just plain weird. Um, yeah, the the most common romaji system in Japan is um, the one that re- eliminates the need for the H compounds. Yeah, because it's easier to teach to Japanese school children. Yeah, it's it's kind of dangerous to use outside of Japan because like it it causes people to not quite understand how it's supposed to be pronounced. But yeah, and there's a few a few things in Japanese that simply cannot be put into English romaji properly because English has very weird rules considered con, um, about the letter O, basically. <laughs> Mm. Um, and so, like, the, the surname Oi is mm. almost impossible to, to write properly into English without and still be able to be pronounced. Because it should be O-O-I. Mm, yeah. And 
Um, but since it's an elongated O, that can also be written as O-H. Yeah. So I have seen, uh, actually I have a book by a con- Japanese-Canadian children's author who writes, her last name is O-H-I. Mm-hmm. Which is technically, it would technically fit O-E in Ramaji, but you would end up getting a completely different pronunciation in English. Yeah. Uh uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh. Once, once you learn the basic rules of how Japanese is transliterated, though, for the most part, you can probably get things down. Uh, yeah, please don't let me uh, skip your uh, discussion of this this fine book. Well, I'm just going to wait for him to actually read part of it to. Have a better discussion. Yes, I will try and uh, read some of it for next time. Oh, I thought okay. you had read some of it. No, I'm ashamed. No, of you. I have not. I have not yet. You I... only got it in the mail like last week. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I guess I can. I guess I can accept that. I would come up with some excuse, but I don't really have any other than children, and children are distracting. <laughs> Um, my son has recently been on a Batman kick because a new Lego Batman movie came out, which was actually quite entertaining. I highly recommend it to anyone that has kids. It's called, like, Lego DC Superheroes The Flash, and it teaches kids about the Speed Force. So, (laughs) it's good times. (laughs) Teaching kids the things they really need to know. That's right. It also features Dr. Fate and Zatanna singing a blues song, which was hilarious. That's so. not powerful. Yeah. Lego DC Superheroes is good, good stuff. Uh, which reminds me of, and he has also been forcing me to play Lego Batman 3 some more, which is uh, a, also a hilarious game. Quote unquote forcing. Quote, yes, quote-unquote forcing. Which, uh, the best thing about that game is after you beat it, it unlocks a uh, level based on the 1960s Batman, complete with voiceover by the late... Um, oh god, my brain is failing me now. What's his name? Adam West. Thank you. Uh, thank you. The late Adam West, yes, does a voiceover, uh, and, and he is fantastic as always. No, I'm just thinking of him in the frickin' Simpsons episode. Oh God! And how come Batman doesn't dance anymore? <laughs> Remember the Batusi? <laughs> uh, Adam West was a treasure, and he's greatly missed. And yes. I saw, so uh, I saw someone point out they did a uh, in memoriam at the Oscars last night, and they did not include Adam West. Well, now I'm furious. It pisses me off. I mean, Lego Batman included West. Yes. <laughs> I mean, exactly. in, in the list of 
previous times when Batman had been feeling down, and including that one time in the 60s that we don't really talk about. <laughs> oh, God, that movie is so good. good. I, I just, I just, um, I, I watched it on the, the airplane coming home from America, and at the very beginning when the Joker is listing off every single villain that he has recruited <laughs> for the grand scheme, and he's going and going and going, and finally the pilot's like, you made up some of those, didn't you? <laughs> no. Oh, oh. <laughs> Probably worth a Google. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remembered several of them from the animated series, including Condiment King. Um, <laughs> I really love obscure supervillains. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that so, that movie is incredible and not nominated for best animated feature. I might add, in the Oscars last night. It was. It was not. It was not. It was uh, not. Not that it would have won, but. God damn it! Should have won. It's a brilliant freaking movie. Well, at least this led me to look up the famous Batman '60s villain Egghead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you showed up in the Lego Batman movie too. That's, that's it, good. They, they like fit him all in there. You, you haven't seen the movie, have you? No, I haven't. Uh, but I should. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's <laughs> it's something. It's something else. <laughs> he had tear gas eggs. <laughs> He's played by Vincent Price. <laughs> Nonsense! I love it. <laughs> Oh, I I need to uh, I need to buy just like buy this collected seasons of that that show because my my son has actually watched the uh, the movie and it, Batman yeah and absolutely enjoyed it especially Listen, they had to go through a ton of legal wrangling to get that show on DVD to begin with uh, I need to get it then you know, and it might end up going back off of DVD if. Uh, given Disney's acquisition yeah. of Fox, who had some tie-up of the rights. Sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> uh, like There's that. a great Twitter that's just uh, every <laughs> insane sign from yeah. Batman, the, from the 60s Batman. That movie has no right to be good, and it's incredible. <laughs> it's just great. Uh. Uh, okay, it's at Bat Labels. Okay, we need to end this. Before right. I just go off on this. <laughs> yeah, I say we should be call- bringing this to a close pretty soon. <sighs> yes. In conclusion, someone make a Batman RPG. Yes. A yeah, decent one. Yes. <laughs> Please, <laughs> I beg of you. <sighs> yes. All right, you can send us questions in the usual way. Leave them on the forum threads. As you can see in this episode, we go back if we couldn't get to all of them in previous threads, as we will do with the rest of the questions in the episode 64 thread. Um, and, yeah. Um, play the Alliance We love having Alliance. a backlog. Yes, we love the backlog. So feel free to um, send, like, a giant massive list of questions, if you so desire. Um, and, yeah, play the Alliance Live demo, and... Uh, Send us some questions and thoughts. Um, that would be cool. We love talking about anything saga e. And yeah, we we will see you next time. Anything else? Anyone else? Parting shots, plugs, 
I'm well, at. We've already plugged the book. Yes, so plugged the book. Yes. Uh, I'm at Ask Wheels on Twitter. Uh, I'm a master if you dare to reach your hand into my cage. I'm also at Ask Wheels on Twitch, although when I stream, I usually also uh, host it on the RP Gamer channel, so you can usually see it there as well. And I stream some Secret of Mana, and probably the only thing you'll see me streaming for a while will be like Monster Hunter World, so if you're interested in that, keep an eye out for that. Well, to be honest, I'm probably going to be selling back Secret of Mana later this week. Um, just an inability to even touch the final boss is... Eh. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the Vita version has more bugs even than the PS4 version, too. I know, I know. It really seems like the, the entire crashing thing is a very personal matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my biggest issue with the game actually had to do with my own Vita's physical issues. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I will find something else to play. I will probably be switching back to the DS for a while. Um, at, at least until either your package comes in and it's something really awesome or Metal Max Xeno comes out. Uh, well, I have a feeling you'll want to play what comes in that package. Okay. As long as it's send me a message, I want to know what's in it. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Good times. Anyway, uh, we will see you all next time. Okay. Peace out. See, see you next mission. See ya. What are you doing? You're completely outnumbered here. Are you nuts? You want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. Because I just wrote a song about how I'm going to kick all your butts. Stop him before he starts singing. In the darkest night. Overcompensate. But I'm the best